Hello and welcome back everyone to Stream of Nonsenseness. This is a special, special edition. We're coming in live from New Zealand with me, your host, Harrison Daniel Clare, and my lovely father joining us today. <laughs> well, what an intro. Thank you, Harrison. <laughs> that's, that's, you can call me Mike, everybody. Uh, and you. Everyone has to call him dad, actually. That's yeah. the new way of doing it. I'm coming from my family childhood home where I grew up in. This is my looking around at the lounge. It's all pretty beautiful in here. It's a bit strange being out of the house to do it, but um, hopefully it won't suffer too much as a result. How are you feeling today? Mike, as I'll call you for the purpose of this. Thank you. I'm feeling good, thank you. <laughs> it's very exciting to see behind the curtain of these podcasts. You've listened to them all as well, haven't you? you got to say yes. I No, I've, got, I've missed one. <laughs> oh, I've missed one. Unforgivable. I didn't get the memo that it was live, so yeah, okay, um, I'll catch up with it though. <laughs> so every Monday or Tuesday, I generally try to put them out depending on how uh, how things are going, you know, if how the world's treating me. Yeah. For instance, I had to, was going to put one out last night, but it turns out I was just hanging out with my family instead, which was much more fun. Um, so let's talk about a few things. Let's um, get to the really hard-hitting stuff. Let's get into religion and pot. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to talk about anything <laughs> too serious. <laughs> that's good because I know nothing about either of those two subjects. <laughs> about religious politics, that's the best. <laughs> now I know a lot about that. <laughs> um, so you're a photographer by trade, is that correct? Unless that you, is correct. Unless you've been lying to me my entire life. <laughs> You don't know what I do when I leave this house. No, I don't know. It's a complete mystery to me. No, no. You have helped me on a few jobs, which has been cool. It's been fun fun to work with you on the odd occasion, in yeah, fact. I've been roped into many. Yeah, when you were actually about three years old, I think you were starring in a few photos. What was I doing when I was three? Yeah, yeah. I did an A and Z job. Um, a brochure and we needed a little kid and, <laughs> and you were perfect. I auditioned for the role and I made it. Yep, yep. Yes, well, yes. the price was right. <laughs> Did I get paid for that one? I can't remember. Yeah, that... yeah we'll talk about that later. <laughs> Didn't sign anything. <laughs> Damn it. Always look at the pot. Oh no, I made you sign something. Oh, you held my hand and put it over it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's where I've been lucky to be able to do a job that has sometimes involved you the rest of the family yeah. and it's it's being a freelance it's kind of been cool i've been able to be around at different times when you've been growing up yeah totally. and um i mean obviously there are other times when i have been away or whatever and miss miss a bit of stuff but overall it's pretty it allows you to be around for the most part generally yeah, yeah 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 and um particularly i mean lately i've been working from home basically yeah um set up a little studio and uh and an editing suite here and sweet yeah uh whereas early days i had i had studios you know Uh, yeah i remember there were a few you've had three or four so far in fact i think five studios around wellington nice since 1982 the good old days eh the good old days. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, the industry's changed hugely, of course, when I started shooting on film. So let's go back to that for a second. Like, When would you decide you wanted to do that? You were like, I'm going to take photos of things. That's going to be my whole thing. Um, yeah, good question. Probably... Yesterday. As soon as I kind of had some images published in the school magazine, probably. So oh, really? Like when I was so there in, was like one job that you got... You got a result from and you were like this is pretty sweet i can do this forever yeah no it wasn't quite the one job but seeing published images um yeah just kind of helped solidify that enjoyment i got from shooting the pictures and being able to share them with people so that was like really cool yeah right, and right, right. you know it's something that um 
I didn't know at that stage whether I could make money at it and, and make a living at it. It's not often a career that someone would think about because when you're little, you think about the three careers. You're like, you can be a firefighter or you can be a policeman or... <laughs> Generally, that's it. That's, I mean, that's all you yeah, have. Really, that's what most people think. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I've turned out to be a firefighter. No, but it's, it is it is a it's slightly less common, I'd say, than, than a lot of professions. So I suppose yeah, that's something you wouldn't really think about. No, out, no, well, especially rank. back in the dim dark days of the eighties. <laughs> um, well, no, talk, we're talking in seventies here now, actually. Um, <laughs> back in the nineties when I was born. <laughs> when I was at high school, yeah, was right. the seventies, and really between. Motorbikes, sport. I really enjoyed sport. I was I was dabbling with the idea of being a physical education teacher. Oh, really? In high school? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I, think I didn't know that. Actually. Yeah, I, I knew that. I, I totally did, knew that. <laughs> I did apply for a a course which I got into, which was all well and good, but I d- declined it. I decided no, I didn't yeah. want to do that. That's not your whole thing. That's not the whole thing. And, and by that stage, yeah, I was probably shooting a few pictures, showing friends. They got published in the school magazine. So all, all, of course, and, um, uh, not analogue, what's the word? All, uh, totally analogue. But there's a, what's the word for it? Just film, like, I suppose, film photography, but, you know, before the advent of digital anyway. Yeah, to- yeah, 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 that's right. No, it was, yeah, we were, we were living in an analogue world. <laughs> um, but the... Yeah, yeah, using film, the chemistry involved in that, that was a big big part of it. I and think it was quite romantic, from from my understanding of it anyway, is like you could, you'd snap you've a whole You've seen bunch my work. <laughs> <laughs> romantic, romantic series of photos. No, but I mean, the, the idea of having a, um, you'd go out and you'd shoot something, you'd capture it, and then you'd take it back to the lab and your, your dark room, and then you'd like kind of mm. hang it up, and you'd dip it in the chemicals and stuff, and then you'd have a result at the end, kind of like... Frankenstein, you know, you've created it. Yeah, well, it, it is. I mean, the, the process itself, yeah, is very magic. Yeah. It had a magical kind of a feeling to it. And, of course, not everyone would have had a camera. Like, having a camera, would it's now as easy as, you know, who's got the nearest phone? They've got the... Exactly. I mean, the, yeah, the technology at everyone's fingertips is incredible. But, yeah. But, yeah, back then, yeah... Maybe even, I don't know, a, a percentage, whatever the percentage was of people who had cameras, yeah. there was still a very small percentage that actually processed their film right, and right. knew about that process. Oh, totally. and, yeah, And putting a sheet of what looks like blank paper into a chemical bath yeah. and seeing an image come up is something, yeah, really cool. Yeah, and um, Yeah. I think, in fact, you probably missed out... On any of that? On seeing... Yeah. yeah. I don't think I had a dark room when you were kind of at an age where you would remember. No, I don't remember a dark room. Did you have... Yeah, your was sister the you went, you went certainly does, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Lexi went through... Oh, does she? Lucky. Yeah, Lucky um, high school and got into black and white processing probably because she had seen and been part of the processing that I'd done at the studio at that stage. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, I remember at Wellington High, we had a photography uh, you know, room, and I think it used to have a dark room um, to it, which I, I think I remember that happened when I was at school. Maybe I've imagined it. No, 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 I think it would have. Yeah, yeah it would have. Right. Yeah. And, and that was another kind of, yeah, that was me ex- like experiencing that kind of intrigue. You know, you go into this room, there's photos everywhere, and then around the corner you can go to the lab where it all happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very exciting. I, could, I think, I think that's... Um, it's a different, it started in a different era of photography. You know, you've, you've started from there and you've gone all the way through to now. Yeah, and I must admit, a lot of those skills have transferred really well into the digital. Right, Like the good. techniques of composition, exposure. Oh, you'd hope so, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, but then there's a lot of stuff that 
I kind of, yeah, although there is a romantic notion to it, I don't yeah. really miss the smell of the chemicals yeah, and the stains on my clothes. Done it for and, years. Yeah, it's not so exciting. Um, but it's, there's, there's a huge resurgence globally in, in analog film world and lomography and messing with chemicals and stuff. To get a different look out of it. Yeah, yeah, most people right. try and get some sort of unique look. But, um, but then there are a lot of camera club people that I think have gone back to shooting film. I guess yeah. it's a bit like vinyl. Yeah, you know, totally. That, that comeback thing is, is, is real. You get nostalgic for it and then you... Then you crave for a time gone by and then you just yeah 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 and it's all attainable now yeah it's so inconvenient though for for like both of those processes like vinyls i used to collect a lot of vinyl i still have a a whole bunch of it but it's just if i want to actually listen to it i've got to swap it every three songs and be very careful while i'm handling it and yes yeah yeah yeah. well that's right it is a different process and digital is more robust you can do backups you can yeah it's take it anywhere sort of thing but and yeah, I must say that everyone out there, print some photographs out sometimes. Yeah, do it, I mean, definitely. Yeah, don't leave them languishing on a phone or a hard drive. Print them out, put them up. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's like, there's, um, there's the thing about physical is that it can actually, you know, it can deteriorate over time. The only true way to preserve something is to have it, you know, downloaded somewhere or in the cloud so you can't, you know, it won't physically deteriorate. I thought, I thought I was safe with owning a lot of CDs. I thought vinyls, they can warp over the years. I thought CDs, they'll be fine. But apparently there's actually a lifespan on that. They've, they've yeah, got like 80, what, 80 to 100 years. Yeah, they never told us back then. Digital yeah. rot, they call it. Which right. I'm scared about because that's, that's my whole livelihood there, invested into that. Well, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah a, lot of, a lot of money and a lot of time and, and effort. But oh, that's dear. where, yeah, well... You don't get, as you've found, you don't get the same enjoyment out of looking at an MP3 file. You definitely don't. There's no way. Even though you used to spend hours and hours at, uh, organizing my iTunes library and giving it all the correct capitalization and stuff. I've missed that on our home computer <laughs> since you've been sit, gone. I used to sit right here looking at the computer. I used to do that on so many, so many hours spent doing that. And all for almost nothing. No, 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 no. And this is what... Another thing with digital photography, actually, metadata is so important. Yeah, which is which is what you call that kind of stuff. Metadata is all the connected uh, information to another file. In case anyone's wondering, for instance, on a on a file on a JPEG or a RAW file, which is a photo, you could have the location sometimes or what it was shot on. Mm. And with iTunes MP3s, that's that's your your album name and your composer name, etc. etc. Yeah, the artist, the genre, it's all it's all sort of saved in the metadata. Isn't metadata. It? Yes, yeah, exactly. it's a very useful thing. A very useful thing. But um, in terms of the, that sort of connection to technology, it's, it's, I mean, it's interesting how it seems to go in cycles. And yeah. I mean, if you watch the 8-bit guy, I think he's called on YouTube. Guy. I don't think so. What does what he go up to? Oh, he finds an old um, early Apple quick take camera or something rather right. or, or he'll use a game boy camera okay yeah. and uh, or an eight track um eight track tape player old, or old an old normal cassette or whatever you know all these early early technology um devices he'll go out of his way to find examples of them and the software that goes along with them 
yeah. and demonstrate them on, on his YouTube channel. It just kind of like shows it off, does he? Like, this is how they used to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think okay. he actually yeah, you know, cool. records stuff and lets people see how it works and things. But yeah, I like I, I'm pretty sure it's called The 8-Bit Guy. I'm pretty sure I'd, I'd enjoy that if I know me mm. and, my, and my browsing habits. <laughs> and I think you do know you. I think I do know me more than anyone. With photography, did you notice that as, as it went along? Did you, like, you know, digital photography must have come out of nowhere. Kind of, yeah, yeah, well, it, it, it started sort of becoming a thing, I guess, around in terms of sort of the consumer market about right. 98, 99. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Sony Mavica camera came out that we was shooting, shooting we onto floppy disks. To floppy disks. That's hey, awesome. hey, hey, don't laugh about floppy disks. <laughs> floppy disks are great. <laughs> 1.44 megabytes of information, I oh, believe. Oh, yeah, and they could do that little thing where you grab the metal clasp and it goes... Yep, yep, right. a little spring-loaded metal clasp, Classic. yeah. Who could forget? But, yeah, there was, so there was cameras that would shoot onto a floppy disk. Like maybe. multiple photos to a floppy, or would you just go one and slide out like a Polaroid? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different level of uh, <laughs> photographic technique. Um but yeah, so they, once that came out, a lot of people kind of got excited about it. I had a little play with one of the early cameras and knew that it was pretty cool. But the, but the technology, must have been pretty... yeah, it was well undeveloped, if you, yeah. if you will pardon the pun. And, <laughs> he, um, he's got it. Yeah, and I thought, okay, it's maybe it won't ever reach the stage where I won't want to shoot on film. Yeah. Um, well, so you entertained the idea, but you probably yeah. didn't see it really. No, I dismissed it pretty quickly. Yeah. And the development came along in what seemed like a fairly slow development back then, but it's actually leaps and bounds. All of a sudden there were yeah. cameras that were actually equivalent to what we were shooting on film in terms of resolution. Because I guess it would have been like every, every new technology, like starts big and clunky and expensive and then like... Yeah, absolutely. Know, yeah, yeah. Like know, like VHS players and yeah, those which totally. we referenced earlier on. Uh, off air, sorry. <laughs> off air, off air. You, not have heard that you one. guys weren't there. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it was something that yeah suddenly became a viable option, and yeah. uh, I sort of realised that okay, time to sell the film cameras. Yeah. Particularly with working in the commercial environment, I mean, being able to check an image straight away, deliver an image straight away to a client, um, just was a huge benefit to, to my yeah, business. Yeah, right, I never really thought about that, because I suppose it, it, as handy as it is to, to be able to see it for yourself, if it's for someone else, that's a whole mm. mess of you know, problem sorted instead of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, would be, although... Would you go around and post it to them, or go around and show them in person, or just have well, to... Well, previously it was all, particularly around Wellington, there were bicycle couriers who... Really? ...were zigzagging all over the city all the time. Right, right. I'd, I'd shoot some films... Well, I mean, still is, but I mean, that's... No, you see, we don't have... I don't think we have any cycle couriers anymore. Oh, really? I remember them from, um... There's a guy in... What's that movie? Um, the, with the laughing Samoans in it. Uh, something's wedding. Oh, Sioni's wedding. Sioni's wedding is a bike courier in that, and that feels like that was only last year, even though it's probably two thousand four. Yeah, that was uh, probably even before that. But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway. they used to be very common. So that's how you get stuff around. You put bike courier, you prints over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, oh my god. Or, or drive over and. Hand <laughs> oh yeah, them I suppose over. you could do that. It was well. that as well. That's always an option. But 
Yeah, I mean, and it took a long time, obviously, for um, broadband technology to catch up so you could actually comfortably send a high-res file yeah. without it taking half a day through a dial-up modem. Right, yeah, of course. Um, so it was all these sort of things came into place until now. It's, the stars it's so align, cool. as they say, and then now it's just the way. Exactly, yeah. Did you notice that um, on your side, on the professional side did it did it change as the as kind of the camera technology changed like was it a different breed of people so to speak kind of you'd be working with all of a sudden and yeah 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 good point um it's sort of there was certainly i guess a, a level of photographers who were at an age where they didn't want to bother to invest in the whole learning process and the technology involved and the software right. involved in making that transition to digital so some photographers probably decided okay time to retire yeah um and then a lot of clients who perhaps had a bit of a geeky bent decided to buy some of this high-tech camera gear yeah and so some of my work was being done by people who perhaps hadn't studied photography but because people can shoot 16 images and hopefully they'll get one or you know 160 right. images and hopefully get one good one yeah shotgun approach yeah the shotgun approach was relevant because if, if they can get something that they could use they could do it yeah totally so, whereas previously you know the expense in film if you didn't know what you were doing was huge and it yeah. wasn't wasn't viable to experiment with film as much as it was with digital it's, it's interesting yeah because yeah, you can't you can't take much risks in, in terms of going out there for something because you could yeah, another film. And yeah, that's that's right. Yeah, mm. and and the cost involved in maybe you had to hire models, maybe you've had to hire a car or you can't a, afford to whatever do the props second are. Second day or no, that's day. right. You know, it's a bit like the Marines. Failure is not an option. <laughs> I've always said photography <laughs> photography is just like being in the Marines. Well, I've always down, said down that. You've probably heard me say. I've probably that. heard you say. <laughs> it. Um, but uh, so, did you do you study photography? Yeah, I actually did a, a year-long course, uh -huh. which seems like a long time. At the <laughs> a year-long course? <laughs> oh, my God. How did you make it through? But, did you master's at the end of it? Uh, I got what's called a certificate in photography, mm -hmm. and that was the only, the only full-time course that was available in the country. Really? There were some so night classes you could take, but there was no... Um, proper educational courses and uh, yeah, lot, other of, than this one that I did. A lot of foresight from the person who who was holding that then obviously, they had a lot of faith that yeah, well, I, it was going to be a it was, This was in Wellington Polytechnic as it was at the time, now that's... Oh, Welly Poly. <laughs> now that's Massey University, uh, yeah. it's, it's basically been taken over by them. Um, and yeah, they had a lot of design based courses, so photography was one of them. I did the yeah, course um, and that still I guess at that stage I didn't know whether I was going to be able to make a career of it but right, during the course a, a limb, like, mm, like it was a bit, a bit out on a limb yeah mm. yeah but I knew that I, it was going to be a year spent doing something I loved so. <laughs> yeah that's not so much of a, it's, not, it's fine it's not, such, it's not such a hardship no yeah it's alright yeah and during that year we did a bit of Portrait work, photojournalism, studio work, right, right. landscape photography. We did all these sorts of things. And, um, yeah, I decided that that sort of setting up a shot and lighting it and working on the composition was what I enjoyed. So I stuck with that rather than photojournalism or anything that was sort of 
Was that ever something you wanted to do, though? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, funnily enough, I still do a bit of that sort of editorial work for magazines. Sometimes, recently, I've done a bit of stuff for a Turkish news agency of all people, of, of all organisations. I should say. <laughs> um, sure yeah, I just had some random emails saying, "Can you go down and photograph an event?" There was a sculpture unveiling. There was a. That's a bit random. Yeah, a, a voting um, referendum voting happening that was happening at the Turkish embassy. So, yeah, I do end up crossing over the genres of photography, really. But that wasn't something that you set out to do. you like, I want to do nice things I've composed. Well, (laughs) I knew that that wasn't, you know, there wasn't perhaps going to be enough of that actual work to keep me busy all the time. So I've always known that, okay, I should learn about how to do this and how to do that because yeah. that's going to help. Well, that's In actual fact, and that's really helped now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Excuse. Now that I've got into um, video work a lot more because yeah, I, I enjoy dabbling in video. That's yeah. a kind of recent development, right? That's the click media side of things. Yes, yes, yeah. Although I've, you know, as you remember, always had a video camera around. And oh, yeah, totally. At, at soccer games. Had that thing pointed at me for yeah. the last 23 years. Exactly. 100%. Dance performances. Yep, you know me. <laughs> always performing ballet, dance. Yep, my ballet, my <laughs> yoga presentations. All the rest of the family's things. Yeah, all um, yeah, so now, though, the skills I've learned there have actually transitioned into paid work and yeah. video editing, video you know, recording, there's all, producing. There's all, it's, it makes a lot of sense because these days it's very easy to, to get some really, really professional s- stuff. Like we were just playing with a drone earlier today. Dad was shooting a... Um, the, um, thing, I don't know, is it Ho- we talk about it? A hockey stadium. I don't know if there's yeah, like NDAs cool. you've got on or anything. Yeah, no, no, that's cool. We could, we could, it's it's not, just, this won't be out. Not confidential. Okay. Um, <laughs> People don't know there's a hockey field being built. But yes, yes. So I took, took the drone up, yeah, did some video and some stills of that. And I've never really seen a drone up close and personal kind of like that. And, you know, it's just like a piece of technology you can buy and you can get these amazing aerial shots. And there's, there's a kind of equivalence of that, or maybe not to that extent, but there's equivalence of that in a lot of uh, audio and video stuff you can do now so it's yeah, yeah it's quite exciting to see the amount of stuff you could you can get done if you're into that kind of thing just with you know not entry level but just consumer equipment well it is basically consumer equipment yeah whereas previously price of entry to professional grade photography equipment was starting off like five thousand dollars we got what is it your camera you got to get all your lights and your tripods and stuff like that do you still have like so in terms of that kind of thing, do you still have all that stuff from the very get-go or have you replaced all? I've got a few items, yeah. like like a, a tripod. Um, My first tripod. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got no film cameras um, Chuck them in the bin. from back in the day, except except one. Yeah. Um, but that was not a professional level one. It's a snappy one that has some... It's got some sentimental value to me, but... Yeah. Um, How much is that sentimental value in dollars? Thousands. <laughs> thousands, thousands of sentimental yeah. dollars. Well, that's the funny thing about when, you, when you've got photographic equipment, there's a little saying that someone told me once that a shop um, a salesperson mm-hmm. said when someone came in to, to sell their camera secondhand, um, the guy behind the counter said, well, we can give you 50 bucks for it. And he said, well, I paid $2,000. And, right. and the guy said, well, listen, if I was to give you $2,000 and 
that you paid for that camera new, but you've got to give me back every photograph that you've taken with that <laughs> camera. How would you feel about that? And of course, you wouldn't do it yeah. because the fa- the photographs that they capture are worth so much more than the equipment. Yeah. Well, if you do the math, a picture equals a thousand words. <laughs> yeah. And there you go. Word. Words. How much is a word? Words. Worth? The words mightier than the the, the pen's mightier than the sword. So you get a word to pen to sword equivalent. There's a lot of technology, a lot of weaponry in there. <laughs> exactly, and then you come up with a figure. But yeah, I guess that, that makes that makes sense. And that's where things like computers, cameras, computers, um, we've all got one. Yeah, um, that's for they, you. Listening you know, to computer, they, they can be used to consume entertainment, God but they can they be can. used to produce stuff like you're doing right now. Exactly. Just this is all off the shelf stuff. Yeah, doing, yeah. Doing something like a podcast like this, if I was trying to do it twenty, even ten years ago, this would be very hard to do. I think the yeah the the equipment I'd have to get, but also that's the that's the kind of uh, catch twenty two of of the of the new generation of equipment technology and um, stuff you can you can buy is that everyone's doing it so it's a lot harder to to, to stand, stand out to, to stand actually out. yes yes because, oh that's true because yeah because if you if you looking at podcasts when podcasts first became a thing you could probably see maybe twenty or thirty of them or something and you could pick and choose and say okay. This one's all right. This one's a bit rubbish, but if you just typed in podcast into iTunes now, you're probably going to get like I'd say probably tens of thousands of results. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. You, so we need to have a hook. We need to come up with something, um, and that can be well. It's the quality of the people you interview. I mean, uh, really, that's it's, your it's hook. quality. The host as well. So like, uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I guess a bit that. Uh, so I guess we're stuck then. <laughs> we're stuck with me. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I mean it is hard to make a difference or to be seen to rise above. I guess these days, and it's, yeah, it's all about so many things. It's all about connections. It's all about it's exactly it, yeah. getting mentioned in the right place, getting yeah. sponsorship from someone because you've got certain number of listeners, and that it, becomes it exponentially. Yeah, in, exactly right. You know, increases your, your readership, your listenership. Or, well, it's it's. it's it's like a snowball, I think, momentum with, with um, being recognized for, at least for the kind of media I consume, is that the, you know, once more people start listening to it or watching it, it'd be, you, people pay attention because other people are paying attention. Yeah, and you might mention it to someone else in passing, yeah. so they take a listen. Exactly, and, and yeah. then once you, once you have the, the buzz, so to speak, it becomes much easier because like, I'll, I'll won't click on a YouTube video if it's got under 100 views. Like, what, why would I care about something that's... A hundred people haven't uh, barely a hundred to bother to watch. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 that's, but that's where I think then it becomes maybe it's a niche thing. Yeah. That you realise that okay, only people who've got an interest like I have will watch it or listen to it. But um, but yeah, that's me. Yeah. Speaking personally, like I won't like you know I won't bother with something like that. So, ah, but, come well, on, give them a chance. Okay, but hey, come on. <laughs> okay, I've got to go through after this and go through every single video under 100 views on Where YouTube. Where would Casey Neistat be if, if someone looked at it and said, hey, only five views and moved on? That's true. They took a punt. They yeah. took a chance. One day I'll be the next Casey. Casey, if you're listening. We... Look out, he's coming for you. <laughs> I don't have any words for Casey. I don't have anything to say to him. And now I want to... Wanna... Are you interested in shooting video? Um, yeah, I... I haven't thought heaps about it. I've, I've wanted okay, to. Okay, that's answered that question. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean for this, for this specific thing, or just in general? In my in life? general, I guess. But I'm thinking podcast not too oh. far removed from a vlog. Yeah. And or a lot of podcasters do have video streaming Definitely. as well. Of I, th- I think a lot of podcasts that are popular. There's a there's a 
podcast online called No Jumper. He does he interviews hip hoppy kind of people, uh, rappers as we call them, <laughs> but also other musicians. Sorry, rappers. Rappers. Rapper. Um, but um, a lot of a lot of the draw, I think, into why people are interested in him, and he's so got such a big viewership, is because he has video, and you know this generation, it's a lot, um, it's a lot more interesting when there is video. So I was thinking about when I started this podcast, I was thinking I'll video them all, and then I can go back and cut down in like a, a, a few good minutes of what I have. But, yeah. yeah. But then I realised that I didn't have a camera, and I could borrow a friend's camera, but then that would be a bit of a hassle, and I don't want to. Also, I don't want to watch an hour of myself. Like it's a bit too too much sometimes. Yeah, true. I, Listening I, to myself sometimes, like yeah. even this little this little chunk here, where it's got a, a lot of my voice in it. I'm gonna, probably going to skip right past it when I'm editing it. <laughs> it's not even going to bother. But yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's something that could be interesting, and I've, I've, but I haven't found it as enthralling as some people. Right, have. you're right. Whereas, yeah, I, I tend to agree that most people, when it comes to doing a podcast like we're doing here, yeah. visually there's not a lot of interest going on. Not heaps, no, unless we had something cool going on in the background, maybe if this wall was on fire and we had some motorbikes We jumping. could arrange that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's definitely possible. Now, what I, I want to do, uh, let's see, this is, this is an item that I want to I run, and but... I don't have the CDs here, so the item wasn't, isn't going to work. So I was wondering whether we were going to broach that one. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a, it's a really interesting part of your shows. I know, so, it's a good part of the show. Well, so. listen, why don't I just wander over here, and I'll just run my fingers <laughs> past the virtual... He's taking the microphone with Rick him. Rick Astley CD. Um, what else have we got here? <laughs> bit of ABBA, a bit of... So, uh, but I would probably grab... Because um, I'm sure you've got a copy of this, um, the, the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. <laughs> I actually don't have the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. What? I've got it um, in memory form, which is when you remember that it exists. Why did you say album? Why is that one that you... Right, you well... I mean, it's got the Bee Gees on it for a start. <laughs> Case closed. <laughs> um, but no, okay, well, this is obviously, yeah, uh, means a lot to me, I guess, because of being a teenager in the 70s. Yeah. Disco was king. People out there in Radio Land may have heard of the Bee Gees. Um, Casey the and Tramps, the Sunshine Band. Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's pretty good. I think it's, it's mostly the Bee, the Bee Gees, the Bee Gees, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, as I say, it was a, it was a soundtrack to the movie Saturday Night Fever. And that was John big... Travolta, of course. I don't think I've actually seen that. So my 70s kid card has been revoked, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, totally losing out there. We're going to have to fix that quick Did smart. Run us through the, the plot of the Saturday Night Fever for uh, all the... Well, it was sort of... Um, yeah, kids growing up in uh, in Brooklyn, New York. The high fever? <laughs> no, 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 but no, the fever no. got high when the dance music came on. <laughs> so, yeah, they would just go dancing. And it was all about a microcosm of life on the dance floor, I guess. John Travolta was the coolest dude, had the coolest dance moves. Still is the coolest dude. And so in life he wins, I guess. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah. And, of course, you know, when the movie came out, you know, first girlfriends, there were school dances. Yeah. In my life, it was all kind of a big deal, and it yeah. sort of all rolled up into that soundtrack, I guess. Yeah, that's, that's, that's cool. I think um, I think it's pretty universal. Everyone's got that one first film when they were, you know, their, their age, you know, tween, tweeny age, and then yeah. it's, just, it's just all kind of 
encapsulates a, a, a portion of your life. I yeah, wonder yeah. If, I wonder if a movie like that could be made. Oh, I guess Step Up is the kind of dance movies. They're kind of like a bit about, you know, the life on the Yeah, I, yeah, I like think there have been quite a few, I guess, High School Musical. High School Musical <laughs> is something that... I'm surprised you didn't go for that one as a soundtrack. <laughs> I should have gone for that one. Should have gone. Was, yeah. it a, was Saturday Night Fever a musical or was it just a movie with music? No, I think it... Uh, Purely started off as a uh, as a movie. Yeah. Greece was one that was a musical first, then became a movie, and now it's gone back and to a Pulp musical. Fiction, which is another John Travolta movie. <laughs> Just going to go through all the John Travolta movies. It's a bit like Kevin Bacon. Everything comes back to everything Kevin Bacon or to John JT. Travolta. Oh, JT. He's a Scientologist as well. So yeah, that's a good. And thing. I and I have. No ill feelings about Scientology, so all the Scientologists listening, you can just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, Scientology is yeah, bonkers. We're not, we're not dissing any religion. No, I am dissing Scientology. I'm going to go on record. I'm happy to say that. Happy to say it. Did you, um, did, have you seen that Louis, Louis Theroux documentary you did on Scientology? Oh, actually, I meant to watch it. I was I talking I, about that with, with Lexi and Jules. Um, it's, a, it's a good little, it's a weird movie, but I saw it on the, might have been over, going up to Bali or coming back from Bali recently. I checked that one out and uh, oh international international I, yeah you know me jet setter I only watch movies when I'm flying mostly because I don't have the attention span when I'm on the floor but <laughs> but still still counts still counts totally yeah. so so that was a bit of an eye opener was it on oh, Scientology well, I've, seen, I've seen a few of them I've seen BBC has, has run a couple of them they've done like a two part kind of one and um, there was another one called Going Clear which which was a 2014 13 one which was quite Ah. big as well and that had some more info for you but this one was done a dif- bit differently while the other ones are kind of exposés on Scientology um, the this one was more Louis Thoreau and an ex-member or like an ex-commander a guy who was quite big in the organisation uh-huh. I think they called him the enforcer he would like kind of hold down and you know make the Scientology the iron will of Scientology known mm. but he um, he instructed them on how to reenact a scene which happened like Okay, so more specifically, there's a place in the Scientology organization called The Hole, which is like a couple of trailer, uh, big, uh, yeah, trailers for a car kind of connected, and it's like a office building kind of set up, and they, yeah. they punish people by putting them there, and then the um, David Miskovich, he's the uh, the head of Scientology, he, he would frequently be there, and he would like abuse them and kind of break their will when they'd done the organization wrong. And so what they did in the documentary is... Uh, reenacted a scene there. They, they hired an actor for to play David and to play X Y Z. All the people that were in the yeah. in the room at the time, and so it's kind of basically just it's kind of like setting up a play, really. But you do learn a bit about the uh, Scientology itself, but mostly it's a yeah, different approach to the other ones. Mm. But it's, it's interesting watching. Oh, like, oh, that's good to hear. Note, <laughs> note to self: <laughs> cancel my Scientology weekend. Quick. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, that's I don't know why you would have uh, sorted that in the first place. No, there's a lot to learn about Scientology. It's a Saying Scientology, the word starts to lose meaning. You say it so many times. I know it does. It's. I'm better, bro. I, know. I mean, it sounds yeah, a bit ridiculous at the best yeah, of times, and once you say it a few times, it, yeah, you realize what am I yeah, saying? Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, it's a very, very interesting way of doing things. So, so yes. anyway, that I don't know how we got onto that subject. Well, but why not? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with all. No, that. no, 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 no. Dangerous tangents are what this show is all about. Exactly, right? it's a stream of nonsenseness. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm hoping to I'm hoping to get the whole family recorded on this uh, on this podcast. Hopefully everyone has time, but 
you know, it's, I'm glad I got to get you in first. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And, <laughs> and, and the treats and the payment that oh, you're offering me are just uh, no wonder that you I, get such high-quality people on board. Don't know about the payments, the treats. I'll get my people to talk to your people, and we'll sort that out uh, later. But um, anyway, I think that's enough nonsense for one, for one show. It's probably um, too much. <laughs> thank you so much, Mike, for joining us. You can find uh, find my father on Instagram if you look up to click.co.nz. Uh, no, it's either either Mike underscore click. How Mike. is that my handle? I oh, know you don't you don't know your handle for moments like this. I know, you, I know. You come or off the click, cuff with it. Clickmedia.nz. Clickmedia. Well, either way, hold on, we'll pull it up first so we can get check it out. He's, Actually, an amazing photographer, and I'm not biased whatsoever. Oh, shucks. Thank you. Uh, just Mike Click. <laughs> Mike Click. So check it out. Mike Click on Instagram. If you Google Click, if you Google Click, you'll find him. If you Google Harrison's dad, hey, you'll find him. Hey, just go straight to the source, MikeClear.com. MikeClear.com. Check him out there. Thanks for being a guest. It's been lovely. And as always, I'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.